Heads, two Tennesseans, and one Mighty Might. This is episode six of Triple Threat on Blaze Radio. I'm, of course, Harris Hicks, alongside the usual crew, Keith Dotley and Kentucky Bandwagon, Tyler Conrad. Guys, how are we doing today? We're doing good. I didn't know that I classify as a Tennessean now, as I've only lived there for one month of my life, but... Hey, uh, I guess I'll add it to the resume. We've hey. accepted you, Keith. We've accepted you. Yeah, Harris, I'm doing pretty well. You know, coming off a 15-point win at Tennessee, oh, I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, well, that was an ugly one. But, guys, there's a twist to this episode. We had oh, to spice twist. it up a little bit and bring in a special guest. Wow. He's a sucker for the AP poll. And he couldn't make a layup if his life depended on it. Anthony Ravasio, welcome into Triple Threat. Thank you for the kind uh, intro, Harris. (laughs) I can, in fact, make a layup. That's Cap. I I haven't seen it. Gotta see it to believe. Put a hand up, he misses. (laughs) So, Rav, one thing that never fails me is when I'm bored, sitting in my bed on a Tuesday morning, I can always find Ravasio Sports on Instagram and search up that infamous Ravasio 25. But last week, I happened to find Louisville on your poll at 18. Above, I think, Texas Tech, correct? Above Tennessee as well, which... Well... Yeah, I I mean, we haven't been playing too hot as of late, (laughs) but, I mean, come on now. So, Rav, what the heck happened? So, thank you, by the way, for the free engagement. Is it a top 26? It's a top 26. It is a top 26. I'm a true fan. I'm a true fan. I can can see that you are capping, but... (laughs) Um, yes, I was I was pretty high in Louisville um, until they got blown out by forty plus this week to UNC. I my 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 reasoning, my thought process of having them that high is two weeks ago I had them at twenty one. They did not play a game. They played maybe the least amount of games maybe in, in Division One. They did not have a quality win, right? Yeah. But they also didn't have that that many quality losses. I remember arguing with you about their. Their losses. Yes, they have their own four. Their own four in the quad one, in quad one. But other than that, they are t- eleven and one in the in the rest of the quads. Interesting. Okay, so uh, that'll be a little teaser for what we have going forward. But we're gonna start off with potentially the most interesting topic in all of college basketball. Who's the top dog? Who's the one A? Who's the one B? Gonzaga, Baylor, or Kentucky? Just kidding. Not Kentucky. So let's start it off with that. Keith. That was not funny. No, not at all. They, they're not good. I thought it was hilarious. All right, Keith, you go first. Gonzaga or Baylor? Well, first, it wouldn't be a triple threat episode if you didn't use the term knee slapper at least once. Um, and chucklehead. Yeah, exactly. Gotta yeah. have the chuckleheads in there. We talked about this. I think it's Baylor. I think... They have a trait that sets them apart more than Gonzaga. I think their perimeter defense is just on that. Davion Mitchell is probably the best perimeter defender in college basketball. Mark Vidal may be the most versatile defender in college basketball. And that's not even mentioning guys like Macy Oteague, Jarrett Butler, and Everyday John has been really good Everyday on the interior. Everyday John, yes. Yeah, he's, he's a great garbage guy, and he's getting the job done. I have Baylor, but I think we need to get Ravazio's take because – I've heard that he differs from me very dramatically. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so I know the three of you are on the, the Baylor hype train. I do think Gonzaga is still better. They, by far, have had the, the, the hardest non-conference schedule of the year, and they Agreed. hit well, a grand slam with that, with that schedule. The one thing that I wanted to get to, Keith, their perimeter defense is by far the best in the nation. You're right. So, but would they be able to contain Timmy down low, you know, next to the basket? They... They don't shoot the three as, as often as people think. Agreed. And if anything, they try to get to the rim as much as possible. They yeah. take more than half of their shots 
right at the rim, and at the rim they shoot over 70%. The lot of their offense is not generated outside of the three. It's it's inside. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. I mean, they take the 16th most two-point attempts in the country. Getting steady, Keith. I like it. But, yeah, I'm going to say Baylor because I do think Baylor does have the size. With, as you said, everyday John, Matthew Meyer is not that bad of a defender inside. I love Matthew Meyer. He's yes. so fun. Yes, Flo Thamba. So, they have, I think they have the size to compete with Gonzaga inside, and Baylor can stroke it from three. Shooting 43% from three, the guard play is phenomenal. By far the best in the league. Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, Davion Mitchell, a two-way specimen. And Adam Flagler, as I mentioned it, I could bore you with all the guards, but you get the point now. They have good guards. So I'm going to say Baylor over Gonzaga for now. No, 1,000%. The Brav's just wrong. (laughs) I know it's your first time on the podcast. Like, I get it. It's cool. You want to be controversy? No. You're wrong. Not only does Baylor play in the best conference in college basketball, I think they have the deepest roster in college basketball. I think Gonzaga has more star power. I'll give you that. The Big Ten just, like... Disappear. No. Oh, Rav, 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 Rav. I think Rav, I agree Rav. with you, Rav. I Thank think the Big Rav, Ten's, Rav, Rav, is better than the Big Ten's got three Rav. teams that could be one seeds. Well, Ohio State. Three fourths the of their game. conference. Oh, is no, be they're still right there. Exactly. They're way, Ohio State's still right there. And but. Iowa's been playing pretty well as of late. You know, I think the Big Ten's better. You know, we'll, we'll continue. We'll continue with Utah. But I'm just gonna say this, okay? They play in the Big 12. They haven't won a game by less than eight points, the one to Kansas, and they also beat Texas Tech by eight. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, obviously they've had, what, five games postponed? So we don't really know what their caliper is against, you know, the big names, but we do. Obviously, Baylor's the most talented, in my opinion, team in the nation. They miss yep. games against Oklahoma, Texas Tech, West Virginia twice, and Oklahoma State. But they end the season off at Iowa State and at Kansas, and if they can win the Big 12 tournament, then I think it's a no-brainer. I would agree. If they... Make their way to the uh, Big 12 championship, no problem, and handle the championship game easily, then at that rate, I could put Baylor out of Gonzaga. That's only because they're going to have to go through at least two or three good-ranked teams along the way. And if they handily beat them, then yes, 100%. Yeah, and one interesting thing to add to this conversation is, we saw over the weekend, Michigan got a huge win, one by five, at Ohio State, 92-87. We all know. It was a great game. It was a great game. And both teams showed who they are but one thing that i want to ask is do we have a top three now we've been talking about Ooh. the top two all yeah. season no i think it's a is, fact. is michigan closer to those two or closer to the ohio state illinois Ooh. so tier? keith my girlfriend stats and i had a major step in our relationship <laughs> oh really so i actually made another stat myself another so one another, another one, one in the dj calendar <laughs> Harris, i'd love to hear it oh uh, thanks Raph. thanks Raph. so one too little i must say so the formula that we've got going on here is win percentage times 11.5 plus adjusted win percentage times 15 which takes out all the outlier games when teams shoot 50 percent from three and win and our listeners just fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall asleep, all guys. Them, I'm almost them. done. All of them. Strength of schedule times 20-point differential uh, divided by 1 equals CBGI, College Basketball Grade Index. And I have Baylor <laughs> at 104.1 and, <laughs> and Gonzaga at 102.6 as the 1 and 2. I have Michigan at number 3 at 91.1. So for me... which who's, What's number 4 and what do they have? Number 4 is Illinois at 90.7. So they're closer to 4. Yes. Exactly. Iowa actually... Or, excuse me, not Iowa... Illinois actually has a better point differential than Michigan, and they've played, according to the net, a tougher schedule. So even though Illinois has lost more games, I must say. I'm going to say Michigan is closer to Illinois and Iowa for now. 
I would agree. I think Michigan is definitely coming along. They are by far the third best team in the nation. I just feel like Gonzaga and Baylor are a tier, maybe two tiers ahead. I don't know about two tiers. That's a lot. Okay. That's a, a lot. That's a lot. Of a tier. <laughs> I think there's one A, one B, and three. Like I mean, I'd agree. Okay. I think that Michigan is is closer to Illinois than they are to Baylor and Gonzaga. I'll give you that. But I like Michigan a lot, like a lot, a lot. But they don't perform as well as Gonzaga and Baylor on a consistent basis. So right. I'll say that they're closer to Illinois than the top two. That's also because Illinois is just really good. Well, like, right. Yeah. So that's yeah. They have five losses, but irrelevant. exactly, they're yeah. that good. Yeah. So I'm going to buck the trend. I think Michigan's closer to those two than the field. Wow. Bucking and the trend, Keith. What's new? Yeah, for me, <laughs> and now if you look at Ken Palm, a, a lot like Harris's stat, it's going to show that statistically Michigan's probably closer to the rest of the field than those top two. But Michigan only has one loss. When yeah. we're looking at Illinois, five losses. If we're looking at Ohio State, five losses. If we're looking at Iowa, six losses. Bama, five. To only have one loss in those 17 games they played, and still 10 wins in the first two quadrants, and they've beaten some big boys. Went into Ohio State and got a win, like we were talking about. Ran Wisconsin right off the court. They have some big-time wins, and I just think in terms of as few losses as they have, I think that's really a differentiator. They're winning at such a higher percentage than these other teams and looking amazing while they're doing it. And I'm not insulting them by putting them on a tier below Gonzaga and Baylor, but you mentioned that one loss earlier. That one loss was against Minnesota, who's a bubble team Bad with 18 points. Yeah. I mean, it is a so one loss. Agreed. It's not, it is. It is. But it's not a great loss. I, and it's something that Gonzaga and Especially Baylor by haven't done this season. Well, see, I think it's still a better loss than losing at Northwestern or dropping a game like Illinois did at home to Maryland, who's a good team right so now. So you could say Michigan's in their own tier, but I don't think they're okay, in the tier. Okay. They and, and I think we could all agree on that, because Revisu yeah. said they're a definitive three. Tigers. Okay, so they're probably their own tier. I think they're a tad closer to those top two than below them, but I, it's a great That's discussion, fair. and it's been great talking about it. But So moving on now, we had a great discussion there, clearly, about the top of the country. Now we're going to talk about a little more of the middle of the pack. So we have a couple interesting conferences here, and we'll just kind of let the conversation sort itself out. But we have the SEC, we have the Big Ten, and we have the Pac-12. All three conferences where the lines between the top and the bottom are very thin, and we have a lot of teams in that kind of 4-10 to 10 range in the tournament as we're looking at it. So I'll just open up the question. What conference do you want to start talking about, and how do we want to go about it? Let's talk about the Big Ten because they're obviously the best conference in basketball. Oh my Agreed, God. 100%. <laughs> and me and Ty are going to disagree on that one. They're not. <laughs> At all. Who's the, who's the fifth best team in the Big Ten? Wisconsin. Right? Who's the fifth best team in the who's Big Who's worse than the sixth best team in the Big 12? Thank you. And the Big 12 has a better team up top. I personally think they're worse than the seventh best team. Right, the Big Ten, the Big we'll Ten, the Big Ten's second, third, and fourth team are better than the Big 12's second team. How many teams in the Big Ten are getting in, are going to be getting? In wait, the wait, wait, did you say second, third, and fourth, including um, Iowa? Including Iowa. You think Iowa's better conference. than West Virginia? Yes, I do think uh, Iowa's yeah. better than West Virginia. I, I agree. I was seventeen and six. I don't. And I was a way better shooting team than West Virginia too. And yeah. I was way worse on defense. And West Virginia's only beaten teams with five points per game this season. Iowa by thirteen. Iowa's five, four and five. Okay, okay. I'm one. sorry. Well, We're getting off topic. So, <laughs> so one thing you did mention, Ravazio, is you started to say how many teams are the big. How many teams do you think the Big Ten is getting? Because percentage wise, the Big Twelve is probably getting a higher percentage in. Okay, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa. That's four. Yep. Purdue. Yep. Wisconsin. Six. And then we'll go Maryland. Yeah, I agree. Indiana. 
I think they get in. Eight, maybe, and maybe Rutgers. So that's nine. I feel like you're leaving someone out that I'm forgetting. Did you say Minnesota? Minnesota. No, I don't think Minnesota will be getting in. Okay, so nine divided by 14 is 64%. Do you agree that if Oklahoma State gets the right to go ahead and play in the tournament, they get their ban lifted, that they're making the tournament? Uh, yes. Okay, so that's 70%. Also, you can't address this debate without talking about how top-heavy the Big Ten is. And they're more top-heavy than the Big 12. Also, Maybe? Uh, Kansas State's a D2 team. For, okay. For <laughs> so is Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska beat Penn State. They did. And so maybe Penn, Penn State's a Penn State. D2 team, Penn State too. good. They <laughs> no, won Penn at State. Penn State. Okay. Penn State's lost four in a row. Okay. We're, we're They've kept it close, though. We are. We're well, <laughs> hey, we are talking about the Big Ten, so we're technically with... So of these middle Just of the Big Ten teams, Ravazio, who do you think's trending up? Who do you think's trending down? And do you think any of these teams that we've laid out are missing the tournament? Um, Maryland is absolutely trending up. Um, I'd say Wisconsin's trending down right now. Yeah. Um, they had a good win over the week a weekend, and, but they also did lose Iowa. Was it by a lot? Yeah, ran right. off the court by yeah. fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Also, that Louisville win looks less special now. Yeah. It does. Agreed. Yeah. That hurt them for I sure. I also think Rutgers is trending down. Uh, yeah, see, see, I still have them on the seven line. They've probably. lost three oh, of their I last. I got them on the nine line. They have lost three of their last four. Yeah. Yeah. And they have not been good. They also could not shoot with Iowa at all. I yeah. Know. Yeah. That's been their problem all year is shooting. And Maryland has five quad one wins. Yeah. Might I add, they have a lot of good wins. And no losses. Well, one loss outside of the first quadrant. Now that they knocked Rutgers to thirty one in the net. So no bad losses. And the win against a one seed, Illinois. So that that also yeah. Adds oh, up their as well. wins are amazing yeah. at Illinois. And two teams that I think is pretty interesting is Minnesota and Indiana because both teams, I think potentially are on the bubble line, depending on how far we go in March. One of them can get knocked out. One of them can get knocked in. Both of them can get knocked out. Who do you think is more likely to get into the tournament? And I'll start off with our lucky guest, Mister Rav. I'm gonna go with I I I loved Minnesota. After, especially after they beat uh, Michigan, they were high in the top twenty-five. I love Minnesota, but they have been sliding like a lot. They've lost three. Yeah. Of their, they've lost their last three. More than that, and they have a great home record, but their but their record away is brutal. They don't yeah, have a win long. on the road. Yeah, it, and I mean they only have one loss at home. That just shows you like how how good of a team. Two, two. losses. Yeah. Okay. Well, two losses at home. Yeah, because they just lost to Illinois at home, but. What's the shame in that? Thirty-one points. There may be shame, but so I think Indiana right now is is better is, is in a better position to make it over uh, Minnesota. Indiana has a good win over. Yeah, they beat Iowa twice. Indiana beat Minnesota head to head on February seventeenth, and yeah. the committee knows that not every single NCAA tournament game is going to be played at Williams Arena, right? Agreed. Yeah. Exactly. And so for me. I'm taking the Hoosiers. The computer metrics are there as well, which the com- I know I'm going to bore you guys they? out of it. I, <laughs> I know. didn't know they were there, But man. the committee does value the computer metrics regardless, and Indiana beats Minnesota in almost every category there. Indiana's loss to Northwestern is a little eyesore. And, and the Michigan State loss on yeah. February 20th is rough For sure. as well. So they both are looking a little spotty. They're probably going to be biting their nails off on Selection Sunday. But I think Indiana has a bigger likelihood of making the tournament than Minnesota. Yeah, I actually have... Minnesota's more likely to make the tournament. And that stems from... Indiana has two quad three losses. They have a quad four loss. I mean, they just lost at home to Michigan State. That's rough. And then also, they have a home loss to Northwestern. Those two are just nails in the coffin right now. And Minnesota, 
they don't have a loss outside the first quadrant, and the wins speak for themselves. I mean, yeah. they have some blowout losses, but they beat Iowa. They also beat Ohio State, and they beat Michigan. By 17. They beat Ohio yeah. State by 17. They beat those two teams by a combined 35. If you can beat Ohio State and Michigan by a combined 35, that's going to be a big chip you make a point, Keith. in you their make corner point. come Selection Sunday. Yeah. So I still have them firmly in the field. They're kind of last four buys type territory, but I think they're a tournament team right now, but the way they're playing, they could easily drop out. But it's the committee's going to want to put a team like yeah. that in that has those two big wins. If you're 0-8 on the road in neutral, and I know I mentioned this before, so I'm kind of beating a dead horse, I don't think the committee can put that in. Just saying. But they also I beat agree. two of the top five teams by a combined, yeah. what, 35? Yeah. That's that's my thing. If they don't have those two wins, they're out. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even think it's close, actually. I don't even think they sit on the bubble. Without those two wins, they're not even close. Okay, so we're going to move it on to the SEC. Speaking of wacky, the SEC is very wacky. So we're going to talk about the middle of the pack. Arkansas, LSU, and Florida are some teams we're going to bring up. Who's Tennessee up? should be in the middle, too. And so should Missouri, <laughs> but Keith disagreed. But we're going to talk about Ooh. Arkansas, LSU, and Florida. So Arkansas. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start with Ty on this one. Ty, who's trending up and who's trending down in the SEC? I think Arkansas is 1,000% trending up, and I think LSU is 1,000% trending up. Both of them, Arkansas is on a four-game win streak, LSU is on a three-game win streak. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think Tennessee is trending down per se, but that 15-point loss at Kentucky. It's brutal. Take the fandom out. That's a bad loss. Yes, yeah. and we're... Then they also lost to LSU two games ago by 13, which is also a, not a bad loss because LSU is trending up. But at the same time, it's still a 13-point loss. And I know it's at LSU, and that's easily a quad one game. But they're going to need to win against Vanderbilt and Auburn. Yeah. 1,000%. Tennessee, Tennessee's 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Yeah. And Sorry I also, to interrupt you. Though. No, you're good. But I think if Tennessee wants to make some noise in the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament, they need to secure a top-four seed in the SEC to get that double bye. Because, Harris, you know as much as I do, that double bye is massive. It's massive. It's massive. Because there are a lot of trap games in the SEC that can oh, destroy your resume. A thousand percent. If Especially Georgia or South Carolina or Auburn well, heats up, yeah. you're, you're done. You're literally done. You, exactly. We saw against Auburn played Alabama. They almost beat Alabama, and mm-hmm. Auburn is the 11th best team in the SEC. Yeah, and we've seen Kentucky just go out and just... I think that's a team where if I'm in the SEC tournament and I'm a big team, I do not want to play them. They are the scariest team in the SEC right I now. I hate to admit it, but I'm, a, I'm afraid of you guys. But I have Arkansas as a five. Coming in. That's fair. I, yeah. I agree with you. I have They're Arkansas good. as a 5, I have LSU as a 6, and I have Missouri as an 8. That's low on Missouri. Yes. Missouri I am, is. I mean, Missouri is very low on you. I mean, personally, so low. I think that's so low because of like, computer metrics and whatnot, but personally, I'd agree with you on the Missouri level, but from a committee standpoint, I know they lost three of their last four, but I just can't do it. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say it's pretty low too. Right now, right now, you guys know I'm a big AP poll guy. They're they're twenty fourth. They're twenty fourth in the poll right now, and that would set them up for a six for a six seed. Yes, it would. The um, last six season. They are sixth in the conference right now. LSU is second, middle tied tie for second with Arkansas, <laughs> yeah. and LSU is not is not ranked. They're not barely getting any votes, which to me is mind blowing. They are. By far the hottest team in the SEC. Ooh. Arkansas can, can you can always uh, yeah, make a, a conversation with Arkansas, but you know I just think LSU is criminally underrated right now. I think Arkansas is the hottest team in the league, and I currently yeah. have them on the six line, and they're my second six seed between Wisconsin and Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech's trending up. They have a good resume. Oh, you're high on Vatech. 
Well, I have them as a seven, so. Yeah, I, I it's, see it. it's yeah, I see splitting it. hairs there. But back to Missouri, I have Missouri as a five seed. Six quad one wins speaks for itself. I have them one spot ahead of Tennessee. I still believe in Missouri. And this is all a very compact group right now. I mean, I have Missouri as my highest seed of that group as a five seed. And then my lowest is LSU as the third seven seed. So that's a group of what? eight teams right there, and we yeah. have all those teams just compacted right in there. And then let's get talking about Florida, too, because they, yeah. they, they've been very weird lately. They got a good win over the week, but yeah. they've been trending down. The SEC is just really mumble-jumping, yeah. and there's not yeah. much else to say. Florida's an eight. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I think they're an eight seed sitting right there firmly. Uh, they're four and two in the I last is an six. Eight as well. Eight as well. Uh, but Missouri, to me, I'm not that high on them because of the point differential. Like, if you look, I'm going to say North Carolina, Missouri, for example. I'm going to use North Carolina. Okay. Carolina, metrically, has played just as hard of a schedule as Missouri has. Carolina is beating teams this season by an average of 5.6 points. They're considered an 8 or 9. Missouri's beating teams by an average of 3 points. So just things add up for me to see that Mizzou is genuinely not that good. Okay, I'm I'm looking at wins and losses. I'm yeah, you have the RPI this, mindset. I'm not totally. I'm looking yeah. at the net quadrants here. Okay, and they love Missouri, so they do. They, Mizzou has six quad one wins. Continue. Mizzou point. has six quad one wins. I can't argue with that. Is it blasphemous to say that Kentucky's one of the hottest teams in the SEC right now? They've won their last three. They're going to go into Texas A&M. Yeah, and then they play Florida and Ole Miss. If, if they can win those next three games. You're heading into the SEC tournament in, on a six-game win streak and to a point where you, they could potentially get the five seed or the six seed. And it, if Tennessee loses a game or two, maybe the four seed in the SEC, which yeah. is crazy to think. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, It could happen. It's a big if, though. Oh, for, it's Florida, a, 100% yeah. it's a big if. I, I'm not saying that it's going to happen because Florida's a great team. And Ole Miss, even though I don't think they're that great, compared to Kentucky's level, they're still better than Kentucky, in my opinion. And we're going to get to Ole Miss in a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. We are going to move it on here to triple takes. So we're going to have each of us are going to present one hot take. Keith, we'll start with you. What's your take? So you all know I've been pretty high on North Carolina this year. Is that safe to say? It's very safe to say. Based off my past knowledge of listening to this podcast, I'd say I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Ravazio has a very extensive history of listening to the podcast. I will say I'm a believer in North Carolina. And we know what they did this weekend. We've already mentioned it. The whole country knows by this point. They beat Louisville by 45. They're finally getting going. You know, they brought in a lot of freshmen. And it's a young group, but they're finally bringing it together. Caleb Love is playing better than he's ever played. As he should have played at the start of the season. Agreed. And if, they did that, if he did that, they'd be playing like this all For year. Sure. He's been playing great. And here it is. I think North Carolina makes at least the Sweet 16. I think they could be a real Final Four dark horse. So at the end of the season, right, after the ACC tournament, like predict what you want. What seed would you have them at? Because based on that, then I can say if, you know, it's really blasphemous or not, depending on where you have them. So I'll just put in context right now. I have them as a nine right now. I think by the end of the season, they'll probably be a seven, win the first game, upset the two seed. That's fair, because I just don't think that they can beat a one seed. That'd be my only issue. If they're an eight or nine, they're out. If if Ohio State's a one seed, I think they beat Ohio State just because their their front line is dominant, and we've seen with Ohio State, especially against Michigan. I just their don't think interior Ohio State will be a defense one seed. is very suspect. I, I agree with you, but it, it could very well happen. Oh, fair, hundred percent. But between Baycott, Brooks, Dayron Sharp, Walker, Kessler, mm. 
they're monstrous up front. Oh, for sure. And I think they're a really hard matchup for a team like Ohio State or maybe even Illinois, who only really has two legit big men. The thing about North Carolina is they don't depend on the three ball to win. Agreed. But they can heat up. They are perfectly We're capable. We're seeing that now. Against yeah. 99 Louisville. points. So when Carolina heats up with all those big guys down low, it's tough to beat them. As you mentioned, the front court. And where Caleb Love goes is where North Carolina goes. Oh, 1,000%. If Caleb Love is a bad game, they're not winning the yeah, game. Yeah. The Duke game a couple weeks ago can be the example of that when he had 25 points and 7 assists, and Carolina yep. ended up beating Duke. Against Louisville, he wasn't monstrous on the stat board, but... He was efficient going four for eight. He usually shoots 32% yeah. from the field. Yep. I'm not going to get too statty. You guys get my point, though. Right. And North Carolina has a lot to prove, too. They play Marquette on the 24th. That should be a potential win for them. Yeah, then they play FSU. I think they should beat Syracuse and Duke. The games against FSU and Duke are going to be the real ones, where if they win both of those games... You're looking at maybe a six seed. For sure. And that six seed could, in my opinion, easily beat a three seed in, you know, let's say Houston. Or let's even say Virginia, for that matter. I think North Carolina has the talent to beat both those teams. Well, like Kentucky, they're an interesting dark horse to win the ACC Exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, I would bet against them, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to throw the bounce pass between Harris's legs, and is going to catch it. Is he? <laughs> is he going to catch it? <laughs> I'm going to catch and it. And hit a layup. No, no he's no. not going to hit a layup. <laughs> it's going it's to be one of the greatest plays you've ever he's seen. He's going to shoot it over the backboard. So what's your take, Mr. Ravazia? <laughs> I have been debating with myself for a while this year about the Duke Blue Devils. They, as, as we all have been, at times they have not been, they have not played nearly to to the potential that they have. You have, you can see it. Uh, they lost against you know my pit team. They did not play well. They did not shoot well at all that game. You can see it in many other games. They are riding momentum right now. They are they look good against Syracuse today. They were winning by 24 at one point. Dominated start to finish. They they shot lights out. I. It's it's a very hot take. I think that this momentum, if they can keep on it, they could ride themselves all the way to the uh, ACC championship. Even maybe upset, get the automatic bid. Wow. I'm shocked. Because <laughs> you hate Duke. I do hate Duke. And like, you genuinely I do. See I do. And yes. About shout out to Addison. He, yeah, shout out Addison. He, yeah. I, he gets on me all the time about Duke, and I hate it, but I, I mean, I just... I mean, you <laughs> also have to better pray that they win out the rest of the season. Agreed. Because if they, they don't get the double bye, they're not going to do no, it. No, zero shot. If they don't get the double bye, it's over. The J. But J. I will say this. As well, <laughs> That's I honestly topic. no, like I think I'm I'm Karis, completely honest. I think that they're using this as motivation, like the Jalen Johnson thing. They're like, oh, he quit on us. All right, we're gonna show him what he's missing. Wow. Because like as and, I mean, what else would they have? Right, as like a former it? athlete, yeah. like if a, if a player quits, you want to win, not for yourselves, not for the team, because he quit. Yeah. And, say yeah. what you want. You know, he was our brother. Blah blah. No. Now they're thinking in their mind. Okay. You quit, we're going to show you what you're missing. And I hope the Duke Blue Devils make the NCAA tournament because it's, if they're sitting on the 11 line, I'm not going to act like I'm not going to pick them. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think we all would. And Against like the French you said, six, yeah. They've been playing with a vengeance, especially in that front court because Matthew Hurt was already playing well, but right. ever, ever since Jalen Johnson leaves, Mark Williams was a monster. As he should have been the whole against season. Against Syracuse. And also, Jamin Brakefield is really breaking out. We saw some potential. He needs to. If he doesn't break out, year. they're going to lose. But he's playing really well yeah. right now. Yeah. That's an interesting take. And honestly, I could see it. I don't know if they're going to win the ACC tournament, 
But based on the fact that they're top 40 in King Palm, top 60 in the net, they're slowly creeping on to that bubble. But anyway, I'm going to steal it from Ravasio and take the ball all the way to the other side of the court and drain the layup. And I'm going to say my hot take we've got going on here. So, Creighton is a three seed right now. I can't, I can't. I care as I can't do it. I think they are. Now, all right, give me your pitch. All right, I think they have a resume. I know they have quad three losses. Losses. Excuse my friends. Four of them. Excuse my friends. They have four quad three losses, Harris. (laughs) Okay. So please tell me. In my stat that I made, Harris, can I just, Harris, here, before you go on, the committee does not use your stats. I love love the creativity. I really do. They use record, strength of schedule, and point differential, which Creighton marginalizes fairly good in that. They have the win against Villanova. Their oh losses God. against Kansas and Marquette were a little... And there's some other losses you should They mention. have 11 quad one and quad two wins. That's tied for second in the entire country. I think it definitely cancels out there. And they're top 15 in Ken Palm, BPI, and strength of record, so there's some computer metrics that like them. And if you look at their personnel, they can stroke it from deep. Marcus Zagorowski is one of the best guards in the country. Love Christian him. Bishop has been fantastic this year. They have the pieces to make it far in the tournament. And based on the way they've been playing right now, they're 5-1 and one in their last six games. They're 7-2 and two away from their home court. I think Creighton, based on resume, based on how good they've been recently, is a three seed right now. So, give me your three, the top, give me your top 12 teams. I'm assuming that Creighton's number 12. All right, here we go. Yeah. Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan, Illinois. Okay, those are obvious. just stop right there. That's without a doubt. Yeah. Iowa, Ohio State, yeah. Alabama, Houston, okay, Villanova. Okay, that, there's the two line. Okay. Yes, the three line. Villanova, Florida State, West Virginia, Creighton. So you have them over Virginia. I do have them over You have them over Texas Tech. I do. You have them over USC. You have them over Oklahoma. I have them over Oklahoma. That's blasphemous. And over Kansas. Oklahoma is my my first four, might I add. But to me, I just think Creighton has a better resume. Let me just get straight to the point. It's going to be literally one sentence long. Outside of Quadrant 1, Oklahoma has no losses. And Creighton has two losses in Quadrant 3. Four losses in Quadrant 3. Excuse me. Four losses in Quadrant 3. I can't, Harris, I can't do it. But 11 quad one wins, quad one and quad two wins. We know, we've been, no, we've been, been talking been about this, but over and you over can't again. take the bad losses away. Yeah. And I think that's a huge stain that we can't just You can't take over. the bad losses, but Creighton has more good wins in Oklahoma. Fair, but they have four more bad losses. Okay. I, I, I don't think they have more good wins than Oklahoma, because Oklahoma has five quad one wins, Creighton has yeah. four. You mentioned that they're five and, they've won five of six. Okay. Their loss was at home to Georgetown. They've also lost at home to Providence. They've lost at Butler when Zagorowski was hurt. So if you want to throw that out, that's still three yeah. quad three losses. I'm just going to say no. We know how I feel about Creighton. I think that they're a five seed. They're my top five seed, but they're not a three seed. Not in any world right now. And I think the committee could even put them as low as a six seed because of those losses. They could have them as high as a three, but this is going to be a team where we just have no idea what the committee's really going to do with them, and it's going to make for an interesting selection Sunday. I think they'll a five-seed or higher. We just don't know. Like, Probably, but I could we see a scenario where they are super low just based off those losses? Maybe. I think the committee gives them a four right now, but I give them a three. That's mostly where okay. I'm coming from. No, that's fair. We will agree to disagree. 
Ty, what you got? All right, so Harris loves to do this thing, and obviously the viewers wouldn't know this, but he doesn't put the triple take on the dock, so no one knows how to rebuttal, because it needs like to be to on the spot. I like to keep the viewers in suspense. That's fair. You also love to keep us in yes, suspense. And you guys, that's suspense. what I meant. Yes. My bad. Yes. So this week, I figured I'd take something out of Harris's playbook, and I wasn't going to put mine on the dock. Thrown off. Okay, and before the dock, or rather before the episode, I hinted to Rav, and I said, Rav, I always talk... About none other than Colgate Mac. <laughs> oh my gosh! So if you took the hint, you oh. took the little Easter egg. The you'd know egg. what I'm saying. And my triple take: Colgate, hear me out. We'll make the Sweet Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen. Oh that's flaming. That's flaming high. That's pretty so, flaming. So let's 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 talk about this. Okay. I think the one loss against Army was a fluke. They beat them by 50 the day before. Other than that, they've been not blowing out the competition, but I just think for March, they have the veteran leadership, they have the size, and they have the depth to take them to the Sweet 16. So what, what seed do you have Colgate at right now? 12. Okay, and I think so they stand at a 12. Play? Any 5 seed. And I think they beat every 5 seed. Ooh. So then after a 5 seed, they play... A 4 or a 13. Right. And I don't think the 4 seeds are that good this year. Interesting. Okay. It's a... Wow. I, I, I could see it. Right, like when you think of the four seeds, who are we thinking? Like I think Tennessee would be the five, right? I think they no Harris, this isn't even me hating Tennessee. I think Colgate would Oh my gosh, yeah. I, and I think Harris I, would agree with that. Right. We're five hundred in our last Exactly. 10 games. And then your yeah. four seeds, right? Let's even say they play Creighton. I think Creighton's too up and down where if they catch Creighton on a bad day. And Colgate has the interior presence with 1, Jeff Woodward and Keegan Records. Keegan Records is doing things. And to give Creighton problems. Right. Those two Shout guys out Jeff Woodward. Right. Those two guys alone can give you literally 40 minutes of playing time. They one of them will be on the floor at all times. That's what's so scary about this team. Yeah, and I it's a flaming hot take for sure. I'm not sure if I can agree with you until I see the uh, Right, that's the thing. Yeah. I right. can't agree with it yeah, because if really they do anything right, in my that. opinion, right, if they play Texas first round, it's going to be hard for me to take Colgate over Texas. And that's not or, even me saying like Texas. USC right now? I would take Colgate over Texas. I wouldn't take Colgate over USC, yeah, though. That's USC my thing. right now? Evan Mobley um, versus those bigs, I, I couldn't do it. That's true. The only issue for USC would be, who's guarding Nelly Cummings and Jordan Burns? I know, Harris, yeah. you love Jordan Burns. Love Jordan Burns. Yeah. Yes, remember him from the game 2019 that I've mentioned before. But yep. if you want to talk about best players in, mid, in the mid-major, Jordan Burns might be Top five. Top I ten. completely agree. He's going to win Player of the Year in Along the Patriot with League. Cam Crutwig, and if you want to count Gonzaga, Corey Kisper. No, they're not. No, I, I wouldn't count them. They're the yeah. number one team in the nation. They're not a mid-major. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. So, so one thing I want to ask is, if they're a fourteen, no, I don't think. It, yeah, okay. I don't think if they're a fourteen seed, I. Love my man Jeff. I love the Raiders. I don't think they'd have enough talent or experience. Yeah, I, I feel, feel like, like they could beat a team like Houston. But Based I don't think Houston's going to be... Ah, uh, Houston might be a three-seed. You're right. You're I think right. that's the only three-seed, though. Okay. I'll give you Houston, okay. but I think that's the only three-seed. I disagree. You... Based on how inconsistent Florida State and Villanova have been lately, I Villanova, think... Villanova, I like them over yeah, Villanova. I think Colgate I don't like could them catch them on the State, wrong day and upset But, yeah. It's an interesting take for sure, but anyway... I... I'm disagreeing for now until we see the bracket. Right, that's the thing. If Once we see the bracket, then we can talk about yeah. it. All right, so we're going to move on now. We're going to do a very quick hate to burst your bubble, but... And how we're going to do this, for the sake of time here... Quit laughing, laughing. I wasn't ready for that. Rebazza's <laughs> laughing, our synchronized drop there. But So we're going to say our team, and then you're going to say the recent loss that you think popped their bubble. 
really quickly, we're just going to do that, and then we're going to get to another great segment. Yep. I'm bursting Utah State's bubble. Uh, they haven't played a single top 15 team in the country this year, or even top 20, you could say. They're 13-7 and seven with a lackadaisical schedule. I believe they fumbled their opportunity to get a quality win against Boise State both times. So I am officially bursting Utah State's bubble. I don't think they make the tournament. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Harris. But moving on to my burster bubble, I'm going to go with the Rebels and Ole Miss. I don't think they're that great of a team. They just lost to Mississippi State this past weekend, 66-56, to which... Honestly, is a bad loss. Mississippi State is ranked ninth in the SEC. They're 12 and 11 overall. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament unless they win the conference, that is. But Ole Miss is also tied at seventh place with Kentucky right now. Yeah. And they're two losses away, which also, by the way, can happen. They play at Missouri and they play versus a very hot Kentucky team at the end of the year. I'm bursting Ole Miss as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kermit Davis is a good coach. I mean, there's a reason. I think he's a really good coach. You look at what he did at Middle Tennessee State, and that's really impressive. But go Blue Raiders. They just don't have the team this year. Great 15 seed story. Yes, great 15 seed story, indeed. So I am bursting Syracuse's bubble. They lost by 14 to Duke. Um, they have zero quad one wins. They, to me, they were not even should they should not have even been in the conversation in the first place. I agree. Um, Lenardi had them as a last four, which I thought was uh, ridiculous. They have losses to Duke. They lost to Clemson, who is very uh, inconsistent. They got obliterated by Virginia. I just don't think that they are what everyone was saying that they were the last few days. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have to agree with you. I don't think Syracuse is what they are. And they've been struggling lately. And to me, here's the thing about Syracuse. They can't shoot the three ball. Outside of maybe Buddy Beheim you could reference and Woody Newton and Alan Griffin, they don't have a single guy who's over 36% shooting from three on their entire roster. They're over 40% shooter. So they struggle to shoot it from three, and that's what's costing them games. And their press this year just does not look as, as dominant as it, as it yes. usually is. Yes, the eye test shows that. The eye test it just does not look good at all. Yeah. Ty, do we believe what we're hearing right now? Harris turning his back on his beloved Syracuse <laughs> Orange. Literally last week, Harris ranted for Fought tooth about and nail. 15 minutes how Syracuse was going to win. Syracuse is going to make the tournament. They're that team. They're that good. They can I ride know. momentum. Now he's sitting over here like Benedict Arnold. Oh, no, no. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. Guys, I, I have a confession. And Texas Tech lost too, his Big 12 champion. I have a confession. Please confess. Please confess. Even I'm not perfect. Wow, really? <laughs> like, we didn't know that already. <laughs> so I was wrong. Uh, or you're perfect in my eyes, man. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> All right, so I don't know why we spent that much time talking about Syracuse on this. For sure. Sure. I mean, they're just 1, not good. 1,000%. Me and Keith not looked at each basketball. other while Harris was ranting and just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm going to bring some more bad news. St. John's, they're dead to me. The Red Storm came oh. and killed them. Dead to you? Oh, they're dead to me. Wow, that's strong. If you're a bubble team, would you say it's a good idea to lose at home to no. DePaul? DePaul? Not at all. <laughs> that might be a... That's one of the games where you look at if you're a bubble team and you went, wow, like if we just won that game, we could be in the big dance. Oh my gosh. Just and, a little fun fact about DePaul. Did you know the last... Did you know that if Kevin Garnett got an ACT score of 20, he would have gone to DePaul for college? Just I fun not, fact. I did not know that. Where did you read that? We have fun facts all the time about this on Triple Threat. Ty, I have my sources. Fair enough. <laughs> but yes, I don't think the, the last time DePaul has made the NCAA tournament... Was it the early 2000s? It's been a hot minute. It's been a long time, and I really can't blame Kevin Garnett for getting that score on ACT. <laughs> I was way more of an SAT guy myself, so... Oh, so. you Northerners don't get it. 
Well, you're a Southerner now. <laughs> I was a Southerner before. I, you're I, now a Tennessean. I really don't belong to anywhere. But, yeah, I mean, I can sympathize with Kevin Garnett on how bad of a test the ACT is. Yeah, it's not a great test. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> but back to St. John's, really quickly here. Below 500 in the first two quadrants. Now have three quad three losses. That's a death sentence. Good riddance. St. John's, get out of my face. You're toast. What do you got, Rev? I did write about St. John's last week and how they were on the come up after their good, very good win against Villanova. Oh, yeah, and then for sure. And then a really good win, high-scoring win against Providence on the road. They were definitely in position to take advantage and you know maybe make a name for themselves compared to other bubble teams getting into March. But it's not looking good for the Red Storm at all. No. We can't talk about DePaul without talking about Instagram phenomenon. Pantaleus. <laughs> I love this guy so much. He brings so much energy. Like, people love to talk about the Monmouth bench or that FGCU bench. Yes. The Monmouth bench was dope. It was <laughs> I dope. rocked with the Monmouth but bench so Panchita hard. But Shilius, I think. That's how you say it, right? Gosh, the you know, Mr. Mr. Pronunciation. Yeah. The only man in America that knows how to pronounce every oh, single because I love this guy. I mean, he has the sports goggles. He's the only Caucasian player on the team. He is has so much swag. He never plays, but... They don't have him there for that. They have him to go crazy on the bench. I love the guy. You know, I'm genuinely convinced that while most people watch Netflix in their free time, Keith just looks up pronunciation YouTube videos of players and gets to them and then learns them, ready for triple threat, to teach Harris how to pronounce names. That's some dedication. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's beautiful. He does have a negative six PER, but I give him 40 points added to the PER because of how swaggy that man is. But we're going to move it on. We have Show Me the Mighty! Oh, that, that was, was beautiful. Glorious, <laughs> guys. That was glorious. I was ready for that one. Jeff Woodward would be proud. But we have on Wednesday, <laughs> Alabama favored. Shameless. Shameless. <laughs> favored by one against Arkansas, a.k.a. Arkansas. Keith, I know you're shaking your head. I just like the flow of it. But, but that's not the pronunciation, Harris, <laughs> and you know I love pronunciation. <laughs> oh, really? You love pronunciation? Let's talk about it more. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. How about we talk about basketball games, because that's what we're here to do? <laughs> that's true. We are here to do that. I'm getting off topic. Alabama favored by one against Arkansas. Who wants to start it? Actually, Ty... We're going to start it with you, because I can see that big old grin on your face. I know you're happy to start out. Alabama or Arkansas? Right. Well, these are two of the top teams in the SEC. As of right now, they are the two top teams in the SEC. I agree. I think Arkansas is the hottest team in the SEC, and I think Alabama is the best team in the SEC. So it really honestly comes down to if Alabama can hit the shots. But I think Moses Moody, as a defender... He can really shut down some of the three-point shooting, at least, for Alabama, as well as the rest of the Razorback roster. Simply to say enough, I think the Razorbacks are going to continue their hot streak and beat Alabama. Yeah, I think the difference is inside in this game. When you look back to the Florida game that Arkansas just played and won by 11 points, Justin Smith and Connor Vanover changed that game. Vanover had two blocks, and then Justin Smith, the definition of stuffing the stat sheet, 15 points, six rebounds, four assists, five steals, Two blocks. He played amazing. He's the Indiana transfer. And I just don't know that Alabama has the players up front to deal with this dynamic duo in the front court. Show me the money. Arkansas, as they keep their run going. Ravazio, what you got? I'm pretty stuck in this game. Uh, I did see this game for Wednesday earlier in the week. And at first I thought, okay, Alabama is, is going to be favored, obviously. But it's going to be close. Arkansas is at home. They're hot. Um, minus one is a very hard line. Um, Arkansas... I'm going to take 
Arkansas plus one. I'm going to give them the the benefit of the doubt being at home. Um, their shooting is almost identical. Actually, Arkansas shoots better than Alabama scoring-wise. But um, I'm going to go with the Razorbacks at home. So I'm going to say this expression. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't put the blame on you. <laughs> okay, you know, I was expecting you to say you fool me and can't get fooled again. But anyway, <laughs> I'm... So, so you're talking about George Bush. Ty's talking about Jake <laughs> That's formally correct. And that's Pete. up for the listeners to decide yes, it is. who they want to rock with on that one. So Arkansas lost by 21 previously in the year against Alabama. That saw the Crimson Tide shoot 42% from three. Right. 36 threes taken. This is a completely different Arkansas team that we have here. The guard play for them has been phenomenal, obviously with Moses Moody, J.D. Note, Jalen Tate. Keith, you've mentioned their big men and Justin Smith and Connor Vandover. I'm going to take Arkansas and ride the hot hand. They've won seven out of their last eight. They're 13-1 at home this season. Guys, look at us unanimously agreeing. Woo, pig suey. <laughs> Isn't this so cute? All of us agreeing on one game. Wouldn't want to have it with anyone else. So I'm taking Arkansas in this game. That's so thoughtful. Thank you, Ravasio. Thank you. Minus one, Woo Pig Suey. And moving on, now we got a little Mountain West matchup. We got Boise State at San Diego State. San Diego State is favored by six. I know Rav loves the Mountain West Conference. <laughs> so we're going to kick it off to Mr. Top 26 himself. Rav, what do you got? So that's the joke because I am not that too, too, too familiar with the Mountain West. I am familiar enough to know that San Diego State is 10-2 and two at home. And they do play pretty well in San Diego. So I'm going to go San Diego State minus six. Um, actually, no, I'm not. I'm going San Diego State money line. I'm going Boise State oh, plus six. Okay. Flipped right. it right Fair there. enough. I'm going to agree with Ravazio. I got San Diego State minus six. They are the most consistent team in this conference, and they've won, I think, nine games in a row. Boise State has been slacking a little bit. They lost two games at Nevada. They've had the road troubles recently, and San Diego State, ever since that dramatic comeback that Colorado State had on them, the 30-something point comeback, they've played really well. And I think that up front, I think that Matt Mitchell and Nathan Minsa give Derek Alston problems when he drives, Derek Alston being the likely Mountain West Conference player of the year from Boise State. So show me the money, San Diego State. Harris, where are you going on this one? So, guys, I have to ask you guys this because it's very important. If Boise State gets swept by San Diego State, will they make the NCAA tournament? I don't think so. Wow. Why so? I think 14-5 and five in the Mountain West is... You can't do that make the NCAA tournament without an automatic qualifier. Yeah, they'd have to make a run in the Mountain West tournament. Fair. Hope, there, right. hope there's not a lot of bid thieves. And they need a lot. I'll say this. Hope that they need a lot way. to go their way in order for them to make the NCAA tournament. Yes. Hence, they lose, they get swept, and they don't win the conference. So what about that win against BYU? I mean, that, that's a fair win. The 32nd yeah. in the net as well. Right, but either way, like them. either way, I don't think you could... I don't even think it's close to say that they're a quote-unquote lock to, yeah. win, to make the tournament if they lose twice and don't win the conference. Might I add, thankfully, we don't use the RPI anymore, but <laughs> Boise State is 19th in the RPI. Wow. Yeah, that's a very irrelevant stat because it's not yeah. used. Very irrelevant stats, but I always come in the with RPI The RPI died stat. so quickly. <laughs> it did die. It most definitely did die. But I'm going to say, show me the money, San Diego State. I don't think Boise State has the firepower to compete with San Diego State. I think Nathan Mensah is the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. Matt Mitchell and Jordan Scheichel are probably the two most efficient scorers in the Mountain West. 
Although Derek Olson is the volume mm-hmm. scorer, they have shooters with Trey Pulliam, Terrell, Terrell Gomez. They can stroke it from deep. They can score inside. Give me the Aztecs. Show me the money. They've been red hot lately, and they continue. Yeah, I think you just said the volume scorer, as in Derek Olson Jr., yes. arguably the player of the year in the Mountain West Conference. I Potentially. Mean, right. The dude's averaging 18 points per game, shooting 47% from the field, which is phenomenal. Shooting 82% from the free throw line, which I love, and 37% from three. If Boise State wants to win this, he's going to have to go off. I think he will. I'll take Boise State plus six and the money line. But moving on to the ACC, we have a very interesting matchup, as Keith was talking about earlier in the episode. We have the Tar Heels going up against Florida State and the Seminoles. The Seminoles are favored by one point, a pretty big step in the ACC seeding poll. So I'll kick it off with Harris. Harris, are you rolling with the Tar Heels, or are you picking the Seminoles? Well, when UNC beat Louisville, they shot 62%. Yes, they played arguably their best game of the season. That is not happening again. They literally doubled their three-point percentage, (laughs) their average three-point percentage. I'm taking the Knowles. They can shoot it from deep, consistently a 39%, 40% shooting team. Raekwon Gray can really mess with that front court that UNC has. And guys like MJ Walker and their guards, I don't think UNC can compete with them Agreed. with a very inconsistent Jordan Love, RJ Davis, and Wakey Black as well. I don't think they have the firepower to compete with that. Florida State's been hot lately, and I've been rolling with the hot team lately, so why not continue the trend? Show me the money, Florida State. Yeah, this is a matchup of two of the tallest teams in the country. Florida State is the tallest team in the country, according to Ken Baum, and North Carolina is seventh. So if you like seeing big, long athletes go at it for 40 minutes, this is the game for you. I would say that it might be the game of Saturday for me. Potentially. It is a great matchup, and I'm conflicted here because you all know I love both of these teams. I've talked about them in triple takes in our last two weeks, of course, North Carolina today, and recency bias has me going with the Tar Heels here. And part of this stems from last night's conversation with Harris where I said that Leaky Black is underrated and a poor man's Connor McCaffrey. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just, disagreed because he's a terrible shooter. I just want to rock with Leaky Black here. That's <laughs> okay. my reasoning for taking UNC. And I've been high on the Tar Heels recently. And you talk about UNC's shooting variance. Florida State has been shooting out of their minds recently, especially when you take what they did earlier in the season. So for that reason, UNC's at home. I just feel a little more comfortable with them on this. Show me the money, Tar Heels. So if I were a better, this would be the game, one of the games where I would just stay completely away from. UNC, notoriously good at home, right? Roy Williams good at home. Yep. They are hot. Florida State is favored, but UNC, uh, ESPN actually has UNC as the favorite. Um, this All signs point to, point to me if I were a better just to stay away, but I'm not. And I get to say... You don't I'm, get to a triple threat here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take Florida State minus one. I think that their shooting will just run UNC out of their own building. I think that um, they'll just control the paint and the, it'll, it's, it'll be maybe five, six point win for Florida State. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, if I can see what you're saying. And UNC, and UNC controlling the paint, they could... But Raekwon Gray kind of proposes and Malik Osborne a bad matchup for them. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. Raekwon Gray, in my opinion, is the X factor in this game. If he can get Dayron Sharp a little uncomfortable alongside Armando Baycott, if they get in foul trouble quickly, I'm going to take the Seminoles. But on the other hand, if Scotty Barnes, as we know, he's a very talented five-star freshman. We're assuming he's going to leave for the draft. But if Barnes and Gray get in foul trouble, on the other hand... Baycott and Sharp can really take over in the front court for UNC. I really think it depends on which team will get into foul trouble the least. 
I think that team is the Seminoles because they're more they have more veteran leadership. So I'm going to take the Seminoles in this one. All right, moving on now. We have a huge Big Ten battle on Sunday. This is a top ten matchup. We have Iowa going to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State's favored minus one. So we'll start off with Ravazio. What do you have? So you guys know I'm big on the the very very good very consistent shooting teams. Um, I think that's the key of making it far into March Madness. Um, I think Iowa can not only uh, will not only keep up with Ohio State but can keep with keep up with anyone. I personally think that I that Ohio State is not a top four team in in the country. I I'd say I'd say they're like maybe around like you know a five to eight seed, definitely a two seed to me. I feel like Ohio Iowa is the better team. Um, so I'm going to take Iowa. Plus one away, I think that the again the shooting just Ohio State will not be able to keep up. Hey, Rav, you know as I've said in the past, I love you. I take a bullet for you, but I'm gonna stay away from you on this one. I'm gonna take the Buckeyes in this one, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think the most important thing in college basketball, especially coming to the latter months of the season, is free throw shooting. I think this game's gonna be super close. Both teams are very similar. They are very great on offense. They're not so very great on defense. Both teams shoot around 47% from the field, and they're allowing at above 70, per, or rather 70 points. So I think it's going to be on a free throw shooting. Ohio State shooting 70% from the free throw line, and Iowa is shooting, or rather, excuse me, Iowa is shooting 70% from the free throw line, and Ohio State is shooting 78% from the charity stripe. I think if you give it to Juan Washington, he'll do perfectly fine. I'm going to take the Buckeyes in this one. So there's the good, bad, and the ugly on defense. Ohio State is in the bad. Iowa is in the ugly. I agree. Yes. And the big question is, who's going to guard Luka Garza? Because Ohio Best, State's yeah. tallest rotational player is Kyle Young, who's six foot eight. And we mentioned this before. You could put EJ Waddell on him, but a big dude, but he is six foot And you six. also don't want to get him in foul trouble. Because exactly. if he gets in foul trouble, your front court offensively is very depleted. Yeah, and Garza had a cold game against Ohio State previously. He was in foul trouble. I think he only ended up with 16-ish Points it's or definitely something not like happening. That. Definitely not happening again, Rab. I, I would definitely agree with you there. So I'm saying show me the money, Iowa. I don't think Ohio State beats them twice. I'm going to agree with Harris and Ravazio. The first time all episode, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to take the Hawkeyes. I'm looking on my wall right now. I see the Iowa 75% Vows, 100% awesome shirt that me and Harris's great friends, Katie and Lexi, got us. They're both from Iowa, and that was their Christmas present to me. That's um, a good Christmas present. I didn't believe it when they said I'm that's really actually they a didn't shirt. Get a Christmas present. <laughs> I mean, I guess we know who they're better friends with, like but that's a whole other <laughs> That's I a whole other argument. <laughs> I like Iowa here. Luka Garza only had 16 points and 7 rebounds the last time they played and Ohio State's interior defense is just normally lacking. Now, Jack Nunji had 18 in that game. So I don't know if that's going to keep up, but I think Garza comes out and has one of his biggest games of the year, and I think the Hawkeyes get it done. So that was our last game in the Show Me the Money segment. Thank you so much for coming on, Ravazio. Would you like to tell us where we can find your work and what have you been up to recently? Yeah, so thank you guys so much for having me on. This was great. I love you guys so much. Um, I love you too. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Um, so right now I'm at uh, the Right Way Sports Network. I am um, the only college basketball writer for the for the website, but obviously um, we are growing, and I'm sure there will be more along the way. You can find me on Instagram, at Ravazio Sports. I do most of my stuff on there. Um, every, I, I try to tweet. I, I've definitely been lacking on it the last week or two. 
Um, my Twitter's at Anthony Ravazio. Um, that's basically it. How have you been doing on your picks? Like, what's your record? Um, I have not. I have been lacking on figuring out my record, but I, I've like I go on such good streaks, and like there's a day where I just do so bad. Okay. So, so for That's example, for example, yeah. like, like I, like I've been, I'll do good in college basketball, and then I got to the Super Bowl, terrible day. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I bet you I went like maybe two and thirteen. Wow. It was like terrible, terrible. I bet on Kansas City too. Yeah. I no, I had money. Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, I lost money on that. Should Travis Kelsey. Listen to me. <laughs> Travis yeah. Kelsey, anytime touchdown score. Oh, oh man. Oh wow. Yeah. Usually a lock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't score a touchdown in the game. I know. That was rough. <laughs> that makes it tough. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Rav, it's always a pleasure doing business with you. For Mr. Ravasio, Keith and Harris, I'm Tyler Conrad. Make sure to tune in next week for Triple Threat as we'll be giving you more analysis as we get closer to our favorite time of the year, which is March and March Madness. Make sure to tune in to Blaze Radio Online. Thanks for listening.